Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. Hey guys, I'm Joey. And today we will be discussing holding yourself to a standard on the mats and also in the gym. And now this might sound strange because you think I'm working hard. I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to class. I work as hard as I can. I'm going to the gym. I'm doing my lifts. But I feel like I'm not improving the way I should. Like other people are getting better. I don't feel like I'm getting better and I'm working hard. So how can I work harder? And that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about how the small things you do can help you get better at the stuff you're already doing. And that actually requires you to keep a certain amount of accountability and a standard for those things so that you get more out of your training, basically. Well, they're related. Yeah, well, it is. Because right? yeah. I think for most folks listening, like, yeah, I'm doing a shitload of training. I don't have spare time. Yeah. But progress is not what I want it to be. Yeah. And what we're saying is, well, it's probably the little things that you're not doing or paying attention to yes. that are holding you back from progressing at the rate that you wish you were. Yeah. The way I wanted to frame it is I don't want people to think, oh, these guys, listen to them. They live in the gym. How easy is it for them to tell us our standards are not high enough? But I think it's one of those things. If you don't have somebody, if you don't have a trainer or you don't have a coach who's really invested in what you're doing, it's hard to know if you're really you I mean people show up, right? I got no problem being on the high horse for this one. <laughs> and I'm surprised that you're moderate on it. No, well, you're it's normally a, the like Oh no, I'm brutal. Fuck that. I don't care what's going on in your life. Be here. Sort it out. Well the thing is I am like that, but I find that it doesn't always get results. <laughs> Depending. Depending. Well, you know. I suppose like, like you know, probably a caveat to every episode we ever make is like we understand people have, you know, competing obligations, family, work, children. Yes, you know, I think yeah. the, the journey is never perfect. No. However, we can, we can only strive for, to make it ideal. Yes. And that is the best we can do. And sometimes you'll do better at that. Sometimes you'll do worse. Yep. But, you know, if no one, i.e. Joey and JT, <laughs> are telling you what the ideal is, yeah. then you probably, you know, then you might think, oh, I'm doing it the best as I can. And they're like, well, actually, you could be doing it better. You could be doing it better. And this isn't, this isn't some Dave Goggins business. This is more like, no, actually just put a bit more thought into it. Like if you put that little bit more thought and, and look at something and take it a little bit more seriously, it has really positive knock-on effects. Conversely, if you don't and you kind of botch it a bit and you're just like, oh, good, near enough's good enough, the results can actually be pretty bad. And so even though you came to class, you get, you, you know, for various reasons, are not going to get a good experience. Same thing, showing up to the gym. You show up, forget your drink bottle, didn't bring your training diary, you know, all these things, come a bit late, skip warm-up, all these different details can result compoundingly in actually negative things for you and your progress in jiu-jitsu. So it's this whole idea of holding yourself to the standard, what is the standard. It's not that we are, you know, uh, immune to this because obviously we have weeks where we might show up better and other weeks where you're a little bit suboptimal for various reasons, crying children, Joe, lack of sleep, it makes it harder. Sure. True. Yep. Uh, and then 
for me, I'm very, I guess I'm guilty of trying to do too many things. So sometimes I, I can find myself on the mat feeling quite tired, maybe a little bit dehydrated, whatever it is. I'm still going to give it everything I've got, but I know in my heart of hearts the results will not be as good than if I had slept better, drunk more water and, and shown up with, you know, greater quality. I think that's what we're really speaking to here. Something you touched on a moment, which is the compounding nature of it. And yeah. maybe for a lot of folks, compounding as a concept is not – like I didn't understand it until someone showed me a compound interest calculator. <laughs> yeah. Relevant to like superannuation. And I'm the like, most, oh, my God. God. Like they're like, look, you add more time and it equals more money. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God, it's incredible. So powerful. But it's this idea that like a consistent effort, uh, a small consistent effort – will help to leverage results that are greater than the sum of all of its parts. Um, was it Einstein that said it's the eighth wonder of the world? world? I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah you know, And so, what, you know, I guess to put it into a jiu-jitsu framework for people to think about, it's like perhaps you fuck up and you miss the warm-up every now and again. Perhaps you don't quite sleep enough often. Uh, perhaps your nutrition isn't quite on point. Now, if those things happen in isolation every now and again... It's not so bad. Yeah, it's no big deal. But if those things are happening the majority of the time, what, what will happen is that from week to week, month to month, year on year, it will have a very drastic effect on the outcomes of your training versus someone who sleeps well, eats pretty well, turns up to training on time, does the warm-up consistently 90% of the time, mm. they will notice, you know, compared to your progress, if, if you were the same human, uh, they would be progressing at a much faster rate because – what, you train three times a week, that's like, uh, what, 12 times a month, that's, yeah. you know, X amount of time. It's like it equals a big number. Yes. So what we're getting at is like these small things really do have a large effect when they play out over a longer timeline and we all know that there is nothing short about the jiu-jitsu timeline. No. So you're, you are, it's in your best interest to master the basic things. Yeah, and let's, let's now relate this to practical topics so let's talk about it in the context of the gym and doing your lifting. Whether you're training at home, you've got some kettlebells, some rings, pull-up bars, some bands, you're working out in the garage, whatever it might be. Maybe you've got some equipment at the gym you train at and you're getting your lifting in there. Or you, you train at a, at a bigger box gym or a commercial gym. You know, Doing the degree of organization where you pack your bag, you've got your, you know, your massage ball or you've got your roller, you've got your drink bottle – you even might bring your own liquid chalk, you know, whatever it is for your hands. Maybe they don't allow chalk in your gym or whatever it might be. What kind of gym is that? Yeah, it's a weak gym. If your gym doesn't allow chalk, get the fuck out of there. It's one of those things, guys. Like if you, if you don't require chalk, you're probably not even trying that hard either. But uh, what I wanted to say relevant to that is that takes some pre-organization. And it doesn't take much. Like I was saying to Joe before we started this, for most of us, there's a false economy. We do this thing where we go, oh, but if I don't bother with that, it'll save me time. But then when you get there, it, you end up faffing around and, 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 oh, my grips aren't as good and I can't lift as heavy or, oh, I forgot my drink bottle or oh, now I've got to go over to the drink fountain, come back, or oh, now that guy took my bit of equipment or whatever it is. Like there's this little thing where we cheat ourselves and we, our, our brain plays this trick on us like, oh, don't, don't exert, you know, 
however many kilojoules of energy to <laughs> pack your bag properly. We're like, oh, it's so hard. It takes me an extra two and a half minutes. Watch another instructional instead. And <laughs> yeah. Then go to bed. Yeah. I've just look at this one more clip of that random technique that I'm never going to do in rolling. Yeah. <laughs> so good, but I love it. Like, like. <laughs> Leave a fire comment. Double fire emoji. That's the thing, guys, just putting that little bit of extra energy and thinking about it, and it also helps your intention. And that was the other thing we were talking about is that by being that little bit better prepared and having that as your standard that I am prepared and I show up to the gym, this will help you lift better. It will help you long-term with this idea of having positive compounding effects to your lifting. Yeah, so that was so the first one there was was the forethought, wasn't yes. it? Which is you have training tomorrow, so today have a think about training tomorrow, and it's like, this is going to take you all of like three minutes, sure, maybe less. You go, oh, I've got training on tomorrow, or it's in the morning, or it's after work. What do I need? I need my bag. I'll pack my bag now. Yep. And that that's the first thing is just actually having the physical items you need for it. So you put your gear in your bag, you put your belt, put your you know put your shaker, you, you know whatever you can put your banana yep. in, depending. Maybe I'll put it in the morning. Um, but you, you know, I yeah, massage balls always there, mouth guards there, yeah, finger tape. I got the shit that I need. Yeah. But it's done. You put it by the door. It's ready. So in the morning, you're not getting up going, oh, I've got to grab my shit. Where is it? Forget my belt. Uh, you know, grab like mixed gay pants and jacket. <laughs> and Classic. That, yeah. Classic look. <laughs> that first bit of forethought is like to get the shit that you need so that when the time comes for you to get to training, there's nothing holding you up. You just jump in the car and you go. That's right. But then the second side of that is that in that three and a half minutes is just having some awareness and around I'm training tomorrow and what might go through your head at that point. Yeah. Like tell me for like for you setting an intention it's when you're going to go to class the next day, JT, what, what, what well, might you think about? Well, it's very different for me relevant to lifting versus uh, say doing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's, let's talk about the lifting first. Uh, generally I lift by myself. Like I don't necessarily have training partners and so preparing myself mentally is important and checking in on my goals because I write my sessions down and I write down all my sets and my reps. And usually what I will do is I will zoom back to how many days before or the last time I did that session and I'm thinking about what did I do last time? Okay, sets, reps, what am I aiming for? How much is Joe lifting? Okay, he did that add much. 10%. I have to add 25%, record it and tag him on Instagram. Yeah. Um, by doing that... I hand off the the load of what am I doing? Because I've already pre-done it in my mind, like that's my workout, this is what I have to do, it actually frees me up mentally. I feel clearer. So when I come to the gym, I know what the fuck I'm doing. And then I don't have to waste mental load on, oh, what was that and what's this and, oh, fuck, I didn't bring my diary and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It frees me up so I can just be like, right, I'm going to be strong as fuck. And I'm doing this and that that's all I want to do. I actually don't want to spend much time uh, making decisions. And we've, we've touched on this slightly before, but I think maybe this would be a good opportunity to bring it back in that you had mentioned to me a long time ago uh, about a client of yours with the decision units. Yeah, units of decision. Units of decision. And I, I actually, I would, if you don't mind, would like you to bring that back up. Yeah, so a friend of mine who's a... Uh uh, a, a woman I used to train, she's extremely busy, real go-getter, like entrepreneur type, multiple businesses, always a million things going on, pretty to the point, doesn't fuck around. 
used to, when she'd come in to train with me, she would train sporadically. So we wouldn't be following a consistent program. She'd come in, I had, she'd been overseas for a month or whatever, and she'd come back, oh, I want to train. You know, and so I'd be like, okay, you know, how are you doing this week? What's been, I got no idea what she's been doing in her training. So I'd always ask her, um, what have you been doing? And is there anything in particular you want to work on today? And she would always say, and it took, you know, I, I picked up the point after, but she'd say, I'm not wasting any units of decision on this. You make that decision. <laughs> you're, you're and I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? She's like, and she texted it to me once. It was UOD, units of decision. So every little decision she has to make is an, uh, an expenditure of energy. It's like I choose to spend that energy on other things. When I come to the gym to see my trainer, that's their energy. Right. She's like, I'll do the training, but you tell me what we're doing. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. So I thought that's interesting. I can see the, you know, the practicality of that. And so really it's, it's about preserving energy so that you can direct it to the areas that are most important to you, which for anyone listening, obviously there's other areas that are best deserving of your attention, what you're doing in your training, how you're hanging out, showing up in your relationships, yeah. what you bring into your work, all those things. So if you can save on a unit of decision, i.e. pack your fucking bag the night before, yeah. that's a massive energy saving. For sure. And the reason why I wanted you to mention that, Joe, is it is a false economy to think – not putting the five minutes into the preparation will save you energy. It doesn't. <laughs> it's going to cause a lot of problems later and, yeah. and have knock-on effects. So if we talk about relating to jiu-jitsu, uh, this is something that's happened more recently. And I, I mean, I always get my, my gear out. Like I might train two gi sessions in a day plus a no gi session maybe. So then it's like, it's a lot of laundry. <laughs> Let's be honest. Two gis, two rash guards, change of underwear for each, you know, towel for shower. You know, I, I you see me, Joe. <laughs> I'll have like a, like a green bag and that will have one gi, one rashi, one pair of underwear in it. Yeah. I'll have my training bag, also other gi, blah, blah, blah. Other kit. Other kit, you know, backpack, diary, all the crap. But if I don't do these things, I can't run my day. Yeah. And I need to make sure that my quality is good. So whether it's us working on Bulletproof – uh, or I'm going to the post office and doing stuff for Jugo, or I'm teaching jiu-jitsu, I want to be really present and clear for the students to deliver a good session. I need to not be like, in, you know, I always bring a spare black belt. Like you never want to, you don't want to be teaching the class and be like, oh, you haven't got a spare belt. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the last thing you want. And these are just habits, guys. These are just habits that I have I've made it my habit so I don't have to think about it. So I can save those units of decision for answering my clients' problems, for showing up and, and delivering in the right way. And, and for me, that is absolutely essential as an underpinning for having good quality sessions, which is what I want. How about yourself, Joe? Is there something that you do um, before jiu-jitsu or before, um, say, lifting? Um. With the lifting side of things, I am I'm much more at the moment. I'm in a real kind of cruise mode. Sure, I've just been running. I've been doing the standards program. Sure, it's a the, lot of work. You know, for this year. No, but that's what I've been training. Oh right, right. You know, because yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. I'm training with my small group guys, and so we're doing. You know, we're just following it, and so it's it's really straightforward. I don't have to think too much about it. But you're here in the gym, right? I'm here like in the gym. It's all here. That's right. The time is allocated, so I know Monday, Wednesday mornings from seven a.m. to late thirty. That's what I'm doing. The sessions are already, you know, written down in my book. And when I get to the gym, I've got my tra my little training bucket here at the gym, mm. the bucket bong. It's cool. In that is the training book. Yep. And I open the book 
and I go, yep, that's today's workout, which I already know coming in. I'm like, oh yeah, today we're working on pull-ups and our pistol squats, say. Yep. So I'm already thinking about that on the way in. But when I get in, I open the book and I look at last workout and I go, oh yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, I did four sets of eight there, but then the last set was only four reps. Okay, cool. Let's try and get all sets at eight reps today. Like it just, you know, and I write it down at the as I'm going through the session. The training bag piece for me, uh, so I have that training bag that's here at the gym, but my for jiu-jitsu training, I pack my bag the night before. I didn't necessarily used to do this. Yeah. And I think we spoke about it in a previous episode because I didn't have a bag yeah. that I dedicated for that. So I would be the guy, like I had my, I got a huge backpack that I bring to work and it's got my whole life in it. Yeah. But then I would have my gi rolled up and I always roll it up real nice, wrap my belt around it. Yeah. It's cool. It's a steeze. <laughs> it, looks, it looks cool. It's that jiu-jitsu lifestyle. Yeah. But um, it's actually not very practical because I wouldn't have all those other like smaller items that we discussed like band-aids, massage ball, spare rash guards, nail spare clippers, underpants, nail clippers. That. Like yeah. maybe they're in there, maybe they're not. So now that I have my jiu-jitsu bag, it's there all the time. Yep. So yeah, I packed that stuff the night before and I actually like – the odd night where I don't do it, where I'm just running late, whatever, maybe it's you know baby thing or maybe I just stayed up watching TV for too long and I, I, I've got time to do it in the morning but it just adds an element of stress to the morning. It does. Because I've already got other, I've got to feed the dogs, I've got to you know, pack my lunch. Like I would actually, you know, packing your lunch the night before is really excellent, right? Sure. Like the more you can have prepared before you go to sleep, yeah. the easier it is to sleep and the easier it is when you get up. So um, that for me is a real big one. Definitely. And look, for all of you out there, if you, you would even think if you have kids, right? It's, and I, I'm not speaking as someone who has kids. I'm trying to relate back Shut to your me. mouth sorry. when it comes to children. Sorry, how dare you try and tell people how to parent, you, you childless fiend. No, my mum my had us very well trained from a young age. She would make us do certain things. So she would always run the checklist with us. You know, have you got your clothes out for tomorrow? Okay, why not? Where are they? go get them, sort it out. Like she was really, not a drill sergeant, but she, she drilled it into us in the same way. Sandwich had to be packed the night before. Mm. She would get it out for us, but we would have to make sure it was like wrapped, whatever the sandwich was, you know. Yeah. Um, d- just different things like that. Have you got your homework? Have you got your letter of permission for the excursion? You know, and she was drilling us from a, a very young age. You've got to have this level of prep because she was trying to delegate to <laughs> three children. Like, I don't know. Amazing. I don't even know how she freaking managed. I got to get, I think a checklist actually, and this sounds so anal, but like, I think about it like with, with, um, with our kids, the, the older of the two, um, I actually, she needs a checklist cause she's just, just, you know, she's like, she's, she's eight and she's just like, big ball like energy. Hey, go and uh, pack your bag. And then on the way to pack a bag, Oh my God, look at that butterfly. Oh, now I'm jumping. <laughs> oh, look, there's a balloon in the sky. And you're like, and she, what the Had fuck was I doing? Great. I don't know. Who, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but having a checklist, you go see that thing on the fridge, go and like tick all those boxes, you know, like it, it and I think for someone, if someone's listening and they're like, I'm really forgetful with that shit and I get distracted, I'm super busy, man, write it and put it on the fridge or mm. put it on your whiteboard in your office. Like however you, you Organize know, you, it. Yeah, you run your shit, have it there. Um, I know that every time I travel, I think I got to write a checklist for packing my bag when I travel. It's so often yeah. you get somewhere and you're like, I need to bring oh, a fucking toothbrush. Oh, what am I doing? How do I not yeah. bring a toothbrush? How's that not possible? You yeah. know, should be a list. That's right. But um, just on the point where I asked you earlier about like jiu-jitsu training, what you might think about before the session. Yes. Um, something for me that I wouldn't necessarily have done in the past that I always do now is I make some time to think about my last jiu-jitsu training and then uh, think about what this jiu-jitsu training is going to be like. And I will do that 
on my way to class because I have like a 45 minute drive. But I will think about what happened last session, what mistakes did I make, what stupid things did I do, yes. uh, what did I do well, what am I working on at the moment? And then I will think, okay, what then am I going to do in today's session? Yep. And it's, I mean, this is a very simple thought experiment, right? But I'd just be like, oh, well, I'm going to fucking control so-and-so's sleeve and their collar before they pass my guard because every time we start, you know, we start on the yep. knees, they get me in that same position. Yeah. A couple of little things like that. But I find that, you know, I don't necessarily, I'm not writing it down. I'm just making some space to have a think about it. Yeah. And I can look back at most of my time training jiu-jitsu and I never did that. Yeah. I just show up and throw down. Yeah. And yeah. They, look, they're, for most people, when they start, that's good enough, right? Like you're a white and blue belt. You just, you just, you just want to get amongst it and do the thing. But I guess what we're talking about here, guys, in terms of holding yourself to a standard, you will improve dramatically if you actually really show up. We're not just talking about just getting the class because like I'll not name the person. They're very dedicated. They, I was saying to Joe the other day, they come to every class. They, they're always on the mat, but they only show up 50%. They're kind of lazy. They're dedicated but lazy. Yeah, they're sluggish. And they're you're not like, good. Yeah. they just don't bring that energy to it. And then you probably know guys yourself, you see somebody who's there early, they're stretching, they're like prepped and they, they're just getting after it. They, and, and then you might see them afterwards or you always see them doing pull-ups. You're like, what's going on with that person? Like how do they have all this energy for this thing? But it's possibly, I'm not saying this is definite, but by – being organized and having a good set of standards outside of jiu-jitsu, they have better energy and quality for jiu-jitsu. And that is probably the most important thing I want to get across because I actually have a bit of a visualization routine myself. Before judo, before wrestling, uh, before jiu-jitsu, if, if this is like I've set it aside like this is my training time, I'm coming in here to get better, not just simply teaching or assisting – uh, in that half an hour before and I'm kind of sitting in the car uh, and I'm drinking a coffee or hydrating, I will sit there and think about, similar to yourself, Joe, think about that last time I rolled Adam, uh, you know, he swept me and I ended up in side control and I just couldn't get out. He just gave me that crushing, but he, you know, cross face and didn't do anything else. It's like, Fah. I can't let that happen again. So then I, I, I recall and I've been suggesting to people that they record their roles but f for better or worse, I have a very like grudging mindset. I remember every every sweep, yeah, right. every point I dropped, every mistake I made, like Jonas nearly triangled me yep. and I was like, man, I was fighting like I didn't respect him enough and he had me in that triangle for like bloody two and a half minutes and I was like, I'm not going to get tapped. Like I have to get out of this. And I said to him afterwards, like I got out finally and I was like, man, that was the fight of my life. I didn't want to let on with my face but he could tell. Like he knew. He's like, man, I, hurt. I got yeah. you, bro. And I was fighting so hard I got out. But in my head I'm like, never, ever let Jonas come anywhere near a triangle again. <laughs> he better develop his game to get something else. Because it's so important for me that I hold myself to that standard. Otherwise, my jiu-jitsu is kind of going to backslide. And, and I can't have that just for my own peace of mind. And, and for some of you out there, it, it may be very different if you've only been doing jiu-jitsu for six months or 12 months. But know that you lose time or you, you lose the potential of a session by just doing whatever. For someone who's fresher in the journey 
that process should still be there. Yeah. But you're going to focus on greater sort of larger ideas and concepts rather than isolated things. So say for UJT, it might be like, wow, how the fuck did he catch me in that? Like, what was I doing? Oh, I didn't respect his game enough. Like, you know, it's a silly mistake. Okay, cool. I think maybe for a white belt, it's like I got caught in a trial. It's like they don't have to go to that degree where it's like, what do I need to do against that individual? But it's more like, oh, I don't, I don't remember the triangle defense class that we did. Yes. I may have only been to 10 classes. Oh, we actually haven't looked. You know what? I'm going to ask the coach today. Yeah. What's, your, what's the best triangle defense? Yeah. You know? Um, or like something along those lines. Yeah. Or like, you know what? I, I got caught because I wasn't concentrating. I don't actually know what position I was in. Yeah. Today I'm going to concentrate. Today I'm going to try and be aware of every position that I'm in during the role. Like it's just some kind of intention so that it means you're coming into the session with a level of kind of deliberateness. Yeah, and I was actually saying this to Fiona the other day. Fiona May, she's uh, one of our white belts here at Jungle Brothers and she has quite a good guard. And I said to her, she said she was getting frustrated because she felt like she wasn't getting submissions. And she's kind of sweeping people and yeah, you know, people are struggling. And I said to her, look, sometimes a win in a role is just to – stop someone from passing your guard. They're coming at you so hard. You just set a determination like I'm going to do whatever it takes to not let them pass. And that can be a win. If they outweigh you 20 kilos, maybe they're higher rank than you, whatever it is, you shouldn't look at that negatively like, oh, I didn't win the role. You can, depending on the engagement, you know, the, your, your training partner or your own level of jiu-jitsu, just simply not letting them pass your guard can be a win. In the same way, if you are trying to pass guard and you're like, right, I just want to be able to be successful at this particular pass I'm practicing and you just work on it in a very determined way and you're successful in that in each of your roles, then that was a successful session. I feel that for a lot of people, they feel like if I don't submit my opponent and they submit me, I lose. And I think that this is possibly the, the wrong way to look at it in yeah. terms of actually improving your jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it's too binary. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we bring this back to, say, flexibility and mobility, because even though a lot of people, they will say, hey, I feel better when I do it. Thank you, boys, for showing us that move. I do it now. It's great. I, what I have noticed more recently is that people are stuck at a level. They, they're kind of, it's kind of Band-Aid effect. They will do some mobility, which is great. So it means they're not getting injured, but they also never really progress. They kind of... I'm doing the same stretch. You see them like it's cool, but then you're not seeing a dramatic improvement in overall flexibility, range of motion, et cetera, et cetera. And I think part of this is that people are just doing the same old stuff they're always done and now they've just added in a bit of mobility, which is good. It's better than them not doing it because maybe that means they're not going to suffer a catastrophic injury, but they're also not improving. For yourself, Joe, what do you do in terms of when you notice uh, a degree of tightness or stiffness in yourself, whether it's your upper body, lower body, whatever it is, how do you approach that to improve it or to hold it to a, a better standard? I think that people generally just scrape the surface with stretching. Sure. I guess there's kind of two ways to look at it. One is that you are just trying to maintain a level of suppleness that is kind of fluctuating because if you have a really hard – jiu-jitsu session the next day you're probably going to be pretty tight pretty jacked up like, oh, yeah fuck man it was a big session my lower back's a bit tight and hip flexors are all jacked up so you're below baseline yes 
you need to do a little bit of stretching, right? Like say it's like 10 or 15 minutes to loosen back up so that you return to baseline. Just to even. And I think that that's where most people play. Yeah. Like, oh man, this is hurting. And we're like, try this because it'll change your life. And they're like, did it, feels awesome. Now I'm not ever going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just get me back to normal. But it's kind of like, it's, it's very similar to strength training in that way. But because of the nature of stretching, people don't approach it in the same way that they do strength training. Whereas strength training, it's like, yeah, you have to do these lifts and these movements today, but I'm also going to need you to do them on this day every week, yeah. you know, for the next year. To build it out. Yeah, and you're going to become stronger and build muscle and connective tissue strength and all those things. So I feel like with stretching, the people that approach it like their strength training, so, you know, yeah, I do a little bit to maintain suppleness and, you know, keep myself limber, but I do also bring this approach where I'm trying to progressively overload. Yeah. So I'm making the stretches harder, I'm chasing a progression from this exercise. Yeah. They're the people that make progress with it. That's what like that's what our standards program is, right? It's Definitely. like a progressive approach to developing high-level mobility. Yes. Um, same thing with our uh, with our existing mobility program. It has probably less progression than standards does, but it still has progression. So I find like for folks if someone's listening like, "Yeah, I'm not I'm not getting anywhere with it." You're probably just not doing it enough and you're not being intentional enough about it. Mm. <laughs> it's so funny maybe this is just the, the the cruel side of me as a coach but it's it's just it is very self-evident when someone is doing the work and when they're not people are like oh man I love all that mobility stuff yeah I've been doing it oh yeah show me like how are you then oh no, I'm not warm and oh blah 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 yeah. blah it's like yeah well I mean the technique looks like shit. Yeah, it looks garbage, right? So if you've been practicing it, you haven't been practicing it effectively. Yeah, intentionally. You, yeah, you haven't you haven't got the improvement. You need like you, it doesn't. It really doesn't lie. You know, that it's it's this in the same way jujitsu is the truth maker. If somebody walks into the gym at whatever belt level and says, "I have a good guard," you say, "Okay, let's put you against our guy who's good at passing at a parity level, like someone who's like." You're a purple belt, they're a purple belt. Let's find out. Your guard's good, it'll hold up. Or it doesn't. And you, you get your guard passed. Oh, actually, let's just put you with a white belt. Oh, you got your guard passed? Uh, that's a pretty clear indication it's not as good as you may think it is. In the same way, it's so matter of fact. Can you lock your knees out and touch your toes? You know, are you in a lot of pain when you try and stretch your glutes? That tells us that really the, the quality there is lacking. So... Yes, you may be going through the motions and you may be paying a dip of the hat or a nod to the idea of it, but you are not coming with the right intention and hence not getting a better result. Yeah, I'm thinking about how people apply themselves in a jiu-jitsu class. I see a lot of similarity between what we just mentioned, say, with the mobility work versus how people drill at training. Yeah. And like say, you know, at Alliance where it's like you – drill for three minutes and you generally do three rounds of that sure. three different drills so it's like all right first partner drills the, the technique for three minutes and then you swap over and the other person goes a lot of people are just waiting for the three minutes to be up so it's like just fucking around yeah. just doing some reps <laughs> yeah versus you see the people who are like really focused on what they're doing they're trying to improve they are, did, how did that feel was that choke good or you know like seeking feedback like that's someone who's engaged in the process that person is progressively overloading they are the one that will make progress with the techniques and ultimately with their jiu-jitsu definitely um i think for anyone if you if you can look at your training and go 
you know what? I am just ticking the box there. I, yeah, I'm doing a couple of stretch sessions, but I'm just fucking around. I'm yeah. not really trying to progress with this. Then I think that that's, that tells you, okay, that's why you're not getting anywhere. That's right. And we'll circle back around and look at this idea of compounding and the knock-on effects just within a day. Because, you know, there's this, this the classic thing, which is the like make your own bed and how that sets you up mentally for the rest of the day in terms of just taking responsibility for something small. Because ultimately at the end of the day, you will come home and if the bed is made, then that, that has a follow-on effect to the next day. It's nicer to lie down in, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But by doing things of a higher quality and holding yourself to a higher standard, that then flows onto other things. But if you're running a bit late or maybe you didn't screw the cap on your drink bottle well enough because you're in a rush, you put the drink bottle in your bag, it spills uh-huh. through your ghee. You deserve all that. Yeah, you smell like chocolate protein shake and you know like (laughs) yes all these things that i mean it's not even about embarrassment it's that by skipping steps you are setting yourself up for failure later yeah and and that's not what we want i think ultimately whether we're looking at getting stronger you know developing your jujitsu improving your flexibility or your life in general anytime you think about any time where you've like moved house gone for a big trip overseas some event that actually requires you to get your shit together there were times when you did and it went well and you go man how good is it i'm so organized man i'm so adult right now i got this and then there were definite times where you buddy didn't (laughs) and it's like oh god where's my passport oh oh," you know all these things and then what this does disappointing as a cascade yeah you're also you know you're probably giving yourself a hard time in your head and all these things we are both we are the we are the better version of ourselves and the worst version of ourselves at different times but if we can make the the higher standard and the better version of ourselves our habit then little deviations won't hurt but if you are habitually the the kind of lesser disorganized chaotic version of yourself then ultimately this will lead to less sustainable less gains and they're kind of the road to ruin in a way so absolutely we're coming into a uh, i guess like uh, a point of time which is the end of the year here and this episode will come out a bit later so you might be hearing this at the start of the year but definitely for, for myself when i'm looking at setting up a year i don't know if you concur with this joseph that i will sit down and think about what i want to do with the year i'm not going to do new year's resolutions that's not something i do i usually set intentions and and goals around my birthday but i am thinking right what is different this year to last year what did i learn and what can i do better and that's just my default uh, mindset which i've cultivated over years so when you start something off well this enables you to continue it's way easier to maintain than to attain if you kind of if you faff around and waste time and that's why people go god the year's gone so fast I can't believe it's February. It's like, yeah, because you fucked around at Christmas, you bloody chucked on a bunch of weight, and then you just spend it all of January trying to come back to baseline, right? Yeah. I, I was kicking the footy around. I was a bit drunk. I fell, twist my ankle. Like, <laughs> it happens, right? We all do it. But that- No, we don't a, all do it. Well, so, <laughs> well no. They, I, they, no, let's just 
step sideways for a second culturally in australia the amount of injuries that occur around grand final time because people get get drunk and go oh i've never played football but i'll kick the footy in the backyard oh no yeah tore my acl you know i actually had a friend who who broke both his legs wow trying to kick a football drunk oh god two moon boots like (laughs) that's tragic getting really clear on it if you can start in a better set up way with better intention and better organization the flow on is easier, better, and and a, a more enjoyable experience. Yeah, I agree. I do a similar thing around – I do it around this time of year. Um, yeah, try and be deliberate about what I want to get out of the next year. It's not – I'm not super, super planned for anyone listening. and I'm not hyper-anal about it, but I have some ideas of like, oh, where would I like to go with, you know, what, what do I want to get from Bulletproof this year and where do I want to take like – you know, my training and, you know, and just, just to have a think about what about my relationships, that sort of thing. I find it really valuable. And sometimes you find that, man, fuck, COVID lockdown. I didn't look at my goals and I didn't work towards that at all this year. Mm. And it's totally okay. Yeah. But if you do set some kind of place or places that you want to get to, it just helps to guide your trajectory a bit. Here's the thing. We're all putting energy towards these things. You're showing up to training multiple times per week. You're showing up to the gym. You're doing the work. You might as well get the best return on that time invested that you can make the most of it yeah and if you bring a little bit more organization hold yourself to a high standard about the the whole process it'll actually cost you less energy and you will get more in the long term yeah yeah totally now we have a voicemail we've got a voicemail come through here we go hey guys my name is steve from summit jiu-jitsu in bayswater victoria I'm currently doing the Kettlebell Cycle 2 program and Mobility 1, which I love. Thank you very much. My question is around, I get a lot of calf strains or cramps, particularly when I'm doing explosive moves such as jumping or bridge and rolling. I use the forward fold routine in terms of rolling the feet and doing the calf stretches when it occurs, which rehabs it quite well. But my question is around, if I do get regular calf injuries, should I start to include uh, strength-based exercises to help strengthen the calf? Or is it just a matter of uh, continually doing stretching routines and rolling the feet, et cetera, to, to keep them from getting injured? Thanks. Great question. Steve, what a legend. Thanks for sending through the voicemail, my man. Appreciate you, Steve. So I guess to, to sum that up for you listeners, regular calf injury, he said, from jumping yes, and from bridging and rolling. Yeah, dynamic. Yeah. And I think that the first thing we kind of identify with that is that this is explosive. Yeah. It's dynamic. But it's also probably high repetition. Yes. Which is a big one because you think about jujitsu, especially if you're new and your coach is teaching you bridge and roll and stuff yeah. and like uh, hip escape or shrimping. Yeah. Rips, it's, reps and reps. it's all on the forefoot. So it's very calf heavy. Yeah. And you might do, I don't know, hundreds of repetitions in a class, mm. which for someone coming from, you know, whatever, some other background, not jujitsu, that's a shitload of calf raise type repetitions, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, yeah, your thoughts there, JT? Well, actually, Steve, full disclosure, I actually hurt my calf only two weeks ago. I was actually doing tuck jumps as part of a conditioning circuit with Ty. And you know Ty, right, Steve? Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> Everyone knows Ty. He's our handstand coach and also champion break dancer, one of our coaches here. And look, I actually hate doing conditioning, uh, but, you know, whatever, got to eat it. And I thought, yep, tuck jumps, I'll be fine. And I twang my calf. And to be honest, I probably haven't done tuck jumps in in ages. And the interesting thing about this is 
typically, you know, if you're getting calf issues in jiu-jitsu, it can be a hydration piece. If you're on your back playing guard, your feet are up, circulation's not there, that can lead to calf cramps. But if you're doing something dynamic, the feedback from the body is actually you don't have the bandwidth for power. You actually need a baseline level of strength. So what I've been doing in the last two weeks to try and rehab my calf, apart from the stretching and the rolling and the the treatment, is starting to do some single leg calf raises just to get that tolerance back for full range of motion from stretching on a step. So I usually do it on a step or a board. So I'm getting the pre-stretch and then standing all the way up to full flexion. And it's now back to a decent level. You know, I can kind of bust out a jog, not a sprint, and then I will eventually build up to doing some hopping. So yeah, calves are one of those things we use them all day every day, but we kind of neglect them. You know, they're like the tires on your car. If you get a flat tire, you've got to really pay attention to it. So in regards to that, definitely what you're doing is good in terms of doing the stretching, doing the mobility, but that is a band-aid because really before you have permission to be jumping and hopping and doing explosive work, you should be doing some baseline level, just some basic calf raises. And I would encourage you to do some single leg calf raises. Thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, I think the strength piece and I would also say probably the just the strength endurance piece. Yeah, you're doing the forward fold mobility, you're doing the foot mobility on the ball and the calf rolling. That stuff is solid gold. I see that as like one half of the equation. You've got to add in a bit more strength now. The way I like to go about it would be to build up to like two-legged calf raises, say off a step, but build up to like three sets of 30 reps or 40 reps, like a high amount of repetitions. This is going to build some endurance. And then you could switch to a single leg and you could do like three sets of 10 and build that up to, you know, 15 or 20 reps. But throw that in after your training a couple times a week and I think that'll take care of it. Yeah, he's obviously doing a lot of great stuff. The combination of mobility program and uh, kettlebell program, that's, that's super dope. Well done. That's fantastic. Thanks for your message, Steve. We appreciate it. And for any of you out there who just have some kind of problem and you think, oh, it's just me, there's probably many people out there in the land of BJJ who are experiencing something similar. You having the, the courage, which it, it takes a little bit of that, to put yourself out there and leave us a voicemail, we appreciate it because it, it helps us better understand what's going on with you. And then it will also have a really good effect to help other people who might be suffering with the same problem and then it answers their question. So guys, if you're hearing this and you have got a bit of an issue, it could be any kind of jujitsu related question, training, whatever you like, jump on the website, go to the uh, podcast area. There is a little red button where you can click and leave us a voicemail and we will answer that for you. All right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, keep up the good training. Much love. Cheers, you guys. Thanks, JT. Cheers, Joe.